This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rashes, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c Welcome to this week's episode where I am welcoming Teresa from Montessori in real life on Instagram. And we're going to be talking all about the Montessori philosophy of education. Thank you so much for being here today, Teresa. Thank you so much for having me. So tell me a little bit more about yourself and what led you to get trained in Montessori education. Yeah. So I stumbled upon Montessori right after college, undergrad, when I ended up as a teacher's assistant in a brand new Montessori toddler classroom. Um, And I was immediately drawn to the philosophy and it really resonated with my background in developmental psychology. And I was just amazed at how confident and happy and capable toddlers could be in this community. Um, And at that time I was already on my path to graduate school and I was planning to get my PhD in developmental psychology. Um, But Montessori was really always on my mind, and I realized after my master's that I just couldn't see myself in academia. So I found myself back in Montessori, and I decided to do my infant toddler teacher training and then began working as a Montessori guide. Um, So that's kind of how I entered the world of Montessori. That's great. I... I love the Montessori style of education. Um, My son is actually in a Montessori preschool right now. And I'm just so excited to do this episode because I'm a pediatrician and I do value early childhood education. But when I was actually looking into it, I obviously don't know everything there is to know about early childhood education, right? That's not my specialty. So I'm just so grateful that we're able to talk about this. I'm also going to have other people come on to talk about the various other styles of early childhood education. But just because so many of my followers have been asking, and I found your Instagram account from one of my followers, I figured this would be such a great time to talk about this. And it's just so great that you use your training from developmental psychology and bridge that with the Montessori um, philosophy. Tell me more about the Montessori philosophy of education. Like, what are the basic principles that you would want to tell, you know, all of our parents who are listening? Mm -hmm. This is always the hardest thing for me to do, but (laughs) um, I'm going to draw on a quote from Maria Montessori um, that says, education is a natural process carried out by the child and is not acquired by listening to words, but by experiences in the environment. And I just love this quote because it captures the essence of what makes Montessori different than other traditional methods of education. Babies and toddlers especially learn best through all their senses, which Mm -hmm. happens when they're given the opportunity to explore freely inside and outside. 
And the emphasis on this natural process of learning is so key. Um, Babies and young children are innately curious and self-motivated. Our job as adults is to keep that natural interest and love of learning alive for as long as possible. And we do this by following their interests and offering gentle guidance to foster independence and confidence rather than teaching just by telling. So when we respect children for who they are and where they're at individually, they learn early on to also respect others and their environment. Oh, that's so great. And I know you obviously are trained in the Montessori style of education, but do you see that there just are other benefits that maybe the Montessori method would have that other methods of early childhood education don't? I do. I mean, the list goes on for me, but Mm -hmm. I'm a little biased. But one benefit I see is that children learn to care for themselves, others, and their environment at a really early age. So there's a strong sense of both community and personal responsibility in Montessori. We see this through what we call practical life activities, which are the everyday tasks that keep our day flowing smoothly. For example, toddlers serving themselves snack or rinsing dishes, um, putting on their shoes and coats, or even arranging flowers for the table. Mm -hmm. And these small activities are very intentional in Montessori. They're giving toddlers those opportunities to do these tasks, um, which give them a sense of belonging and meaningful contribution. And toddlers just find joy in this process of helping as much or more than the actual finished product. Um, And not only are they learning how to care for themselves in their environment, but they're learning how to plan ahead and how to follow multiple steps, how to coordinate and refine their movements, big and small. And they're stretching their attention spans to concentrate on detailed tasks. So there's just so much to those practical life activities. And then one other benefit I see, which is very relevant in our house right now, is how Montessori encourages intrinsic motivation over external rewards. So mm-hmm. potty learning is is one thing happening in our home. And I see in a lot of more traditional methods that parents use incentives or educators to help potty train. So things like sticker charts or mm-hmm. candy. And in Montessori, it's quite different. We switch to our toddlers wearing thick underwear between 14 and 18 months because this is a time that children are actually most naturally interested in using the toilet and ready to. And so we let them learn how to use the potty by simply noticing the feeling of being wet and then feeling proud to have used the toilet just because that's what their parents and adults do along with that natural reward of being comfortable and dry. Um, So those are a couple of differences that I could note. I love that. I actually have already started to see a lot of that in the preschool that Ryan's in. He's been in the school for about three weeks now, and he's in an infant class, meaning they Mm -hmm. have the 18 plus, um, 18 month plus, and then they have um, infants up to 18 months of age. But you're right, like the way that they are, you know, like you're talking about arranging the flowers and um, taking off the shoes. I mean, from a young age, being able to teach a child that is so cool to see. And children are capable of learning this. Do you feel like this method benefits one type of temperament of a child? Or do you think all children can technically thrive in Montessori style of education? I truly believe um, Montessori is for every child. I do think it requires the support of the family. That can be the harder the harder part. Um, 
But I do believe it's for every child because Montessori focuses on following each child and where they're at individually. So Montessori can be really great for all kinds of children. The predictable routine helps children feel secure and confident. Um, Freedom of movement is great for kids who need to move around a lot. And it also allows children to work on gross motor skills at their own pace. Um, And then choices to work independently or in small groups allow children to play in whatever way kind of allows them to feel most comfortable. And lastly, with hands-on materials that engage all of those senses, there's always something in the classroom that interests everyone. So with the individuality and choices, I really think any child kind of finds what draws them in. And one of the biggest things that I found difficult um, was, especially in the United States, and I've heard also internationally too, one of my followers is actually in Italy. And she said that the Montessori style of education comes with a big price tag, um, especially the preschools, right? If you look in different areas, why do you feel like this may come with that price tag? And do you think that's worth it? Yeah, I do think it's worth it. Um, I think traditional Montessori materials for any age are expensive. Montessori emphasizes high quality and beautiful materials. And by materials, I mean furniture or tools or toys, Mm -hmm. which we call work. And those do tend to be wood rather than plastic. However, there are so many resale groups and DIYs, um, especially lately online, that make it cheaper for parents to acquire these materials for their infants and toddlers and even older children. Um, But if you are buying all new materials, such as for a classroom, that can really add up. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess meals. Chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, Never Frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with Factor Meals because they're ready in two minutes, no shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious Factor Meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains. 
Have you heard about the terrible twos or three-nagers? Yes, the toddler years can be tough. There is no denying that any phase of parenting can be really hard. There may be picky eating, tantrums, and struggles with potty training. But there is a lot of amazing things that you will see your toddler do during these years. I want you to enter the toddler years understanding toddler development and behavior so you can better approach tricky situations with your child. With resources on picky eating, potty training, tantrums, and other common toddler behavior like sleep refusal and toddler development, the toddler resources here at Peds Doc Talk aim to provide you with the knowledge you need to, dare I say, find some or a lot of enjoyment in the toddler years. For more on my on-demand courses, make sure to visit pedsdoctalk.com and check out resources for whatever you need. Have a friend? It also makes a perfect gift. Visit pedsdoctalk.com and click courses for more. The other thing that makes schools more expensive sometimes is that um, the training of the teachers. So all Montessori lead teachers, regardless of their academic credentials, must receive their Montessori certification and complete an internship. So that does add a cost. However, I have heard from other parents that other types of preschools are kind of a similar price tag. I feel like mm-hmm. it's a it's a preschool kind of thing right now. Yeah. Um, but there are more programs to help Montessori education be more accessible for all. And um, the last thing I'll say is that I do think implementation of the Montessori philosophy at home really doesn't have to be expensive at all. Um, there are so many ways to incorporate Montessori in your home without spending much at all. And this can start as early as birth. And your account, Montessori in Real Life, which I'm going to attach to the show mm-hmm. notes, um, I love, by the way, especially being a fan of early childhood development, because you, like you said, bring the Montessori education to people's homes, um, which is awesome. Now, the other comment that I had was, you focus obviously on zero to three. I found, and I'm not sure if you also agree, that a lot of preschools in my area, uh, in from what friends have said, that a lot of Montessori preschools in real life uh, don't take children that young. Usually it starts as early as two. Um, not a lot of preschools do so young. Do you think that they should go a little bit younger? Or why do you think that is, that many preschools maybe do a little bit older? Yeah, it depends on the area. Sometimes, you know, parents, there's not as much of a demand at times. Mm -hmm. Um, Other reasons are that it's really expensive to open up an infant or toddler Montessori program. Um, Just with the materials and the need for more teachers um, with hygiene issues, it's a lot harder and more expensive to open a smaller um, class for smaller children than for two and a half and up. There's different rules based on the state. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also just think, you know, more people are aware of Montessori for primary age, that three to six. So I think we'll we'll see more and more infant and toddler Montessori programs popping up, especially post-pandemic. Oh, absolutely. I think it's, um, it's a great philosophy. And like I said, I'm just so glad that we were able to talk about this because I think many people just don't understand what the principles are, like you said. And Again, on your account, you go through parenting tips, like you just mentioned about the potty training stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That is obviously part of that philosophy. This is a whole parenting education philosophy. What are some ways that parents can bring the elements of Montessori education to their homes? Like you talk about on your Instagram page. Yeah. Well, like you mentioned, a big piece of bringing Montessori into the home isn't the materials themselves, but mm-hmm. how we parent respectfully. And this is definitely something I've learned over time from going from teacher to parent that 
just how much of Montessori isn't about the stuff at all. Um, you know, Montessori at home looks like following our child's pace and interests. It means letting them show us what their needs and interests are versus us making assumptions for them. You know, often parents are so concerned about the right toys when really all toddlers want to do is move their bodies. Mm -hmm. And so giving, you know, young children that space and tools to explore their body's limits is actually a big piece of Montessori in the first three years. Um, This might include a pickler triangle or steps for climbing up and down or a heavy wagon um, or jugs of water to carry or even different textures in nature, such as walking barefoot on sand and rocks and grass and just getting those, those experiences with their body. Um, another way that I share a lot on my Instagram and blog, how we incorporate Montessori at home is by promoting independence at home, by making Mm -hmm. things accessible for young children. Um, there's so many ways to do this, such as low hooks for coats or step stools for helping, you know, them learn how to get dressed themselves, sink extenders for washing hands low mirrors for washing their face and um, a favorite is a kitchen helper in the kitchen so they can help cook meals. Um, So all of those things are just giving them access to the tasks they see us doing and they want to join so much. Uh, We can just incorporate them in all of those types of, you know, what we call chores at home and toddlers think are the most fun, such as sorting silverware in a drawer or folding claws or even transferring laundry, uh, swiffering. So all of those things are activities that feel like chores, but that toddlers love to do at home and are very much considered, you know, Montessori practical life. And I imagine that this actually might really help with tantrums. I know toddlers are still going to throw tantrums, but when we can incorporate them into the things that we're doing and rather than saying, no, 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 you can't do this, but finding a way to make it more, like you said, accessible to them. Mm -hmm. Would you think that that has helped a lot in tantrums for your kids too? Oh, definitely. I mean, all kids throw tantrums. So there's, but yeah, often, you know, I have to do something like fold some laundry and the choice is, you know, oh, you can come help me or you can play by yourself for a few minutes. And often, you know, they start and want to fold a few or fold in quotation marks, you know, a few towels and then they kind of move on. And so rather than say no, it's offering those simple choices and letting them be involved with you in whatever way makes sense. Oh, that is so great. What are some examples by age uh, to allow a child these practical life experiences that a parent can do at home? Yeah. So by 12 months, um, I mean, I like to base more on whether they're standing or walking, but when they're standing confidently, let's say at 12 months, they could be in a kitchen helper or a step stool, um, you know, watching you cook, or they could be helping mix or even just, you know, they could be drinking from an open cup at their table. So just self-feeding itself is a practical life activity. Um, We introduce forks by a year and open cups by 10 months. So those types of things. Mm -hmm. Um, By 18 months, they could be chopping banana for a snack and pouring water from a pitcher or getting water from a small dispenser, um, a large dispenser. They could be transferring, you know, snack onto a plate. And then by 24 months, they could be setting the table for snack and serving themselves and maybe 
their sibling snack together. They could be arranging flowers in a vase to bring to the table for tea. They could be pouring tea. So there's so much that they're capable even at that toddler age. Uh, and I think this is so great for people to hear that, like you said, they are capable and it just has a lot to do with us showing them and fostering that interest. Because uh, I agree, I think toddlers are capable of learning so much um, and they also want to learn and they also want to be independent and show that they can do something and that, uh, you know, they're learning a new skill. So it's just so great hearing all of your tips. What would be your final message to parents listening? I would just say that it's never too early or too late to implement Montessori at home. I get the question a lot, wondering if it's too late. And I think it's important to keep in mind that most families don't discover Montessori until their child starts in a primary classroom around age three. Um, and at the same time, um, if you're expecting or have a newborn, it's not too early either. Even from birth, we encourage freedom of movement and a respectful way of parenting that promotes autonomy and concentration and that joy of learning for the years to come. Oh, that's so great. And where can everyone find you um, for more information? I know you said you had a blog and your Instagram. Yeah, I have lots of resources and ideas for incorporating Montessori at home with little ones on my blog, MontessoriInRealLife.com. And then my friend and business partner, Bridget, and I also launched the Montessori Guide two years ago, which offers month-by-month -month, um, advice and guidance about how to set up Montessori activities and materials for your child from birth to three years and even older. And then we also are now offering a Montessori Parents course all about how to be a prepared Montessori parent, no materials needed. Oh, that's so great. And I will add all of this information to my show notes, including her Instagram, as well as her website. So for any of you who are interested, I hope you do take a look. It's just nice that they offer this so that it can be brought to your home as well. Teresa, thank you so much for joining me. I learned so much also, because like I said, I love the Montessori style, but it's just so nice to hear more about the philosophy at the same time, seeing my son in it too. So thank you again for joining us. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, please leave a review, share this episode with a friend, share it on your social media. Make sure to follow me at Pete's Doc Talk on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Pete's Doc Talk TV. We'll talk to you soon. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, You'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.